102 of the Never Ending Glory podcast. I'm your host, Luke Rilly. I'm here with Sean Z and Farky. And uh, all three of us are excited. We're happy tonight. Uh, big reason why, you know, as, as a New England Patriots fan, Gronk finally got going again last week. Um, but more importantly, as a, as a closet Cleveland Browns fan, I was happy to see the revenge game between Hugh Jackson and the Cleveland Browns go down the way it did. Um, I know Sean Z and Farky, you two are both very excited with the absolute beatdown that you guys put on the Bengals this weekend. And Farky, before I hear your thoughts, I think we need to give the floor to Sean and just everything, just get off your chest, Sean. Let us hear, give us everything. Go. I I told you guys before the pod, I literally cannot do this without swearing profusely. So I'm going to try and do my best, but if I can't, that's on you uh, as the listener. So (laughs) have that dial button ready uh, to hit mute or whatnot. But the fact is, is so, you know, the past couple days, there's just been talking head after talking head. It's it's the normals. It's Cowherd. Then, you know, Damian Woody comes popping up. Ryan Clark, Stephen A. Smith acting like a clown. Then I got Ryan Clark this evening saying, you don't want that smoke from Damian Woody. Like, I don't care about Damian Woody. Damian Woody quit during an NFL game and was in his car during the fourth quarter of a game, I believe, for the Jets. And I got to hear that fat slob talking shit. Like, I don't (laughs) need to hear you. The only reason all these shows are going at him, Shannon Sharp included, the only reason is because Baker went on Cowherd and de-pantsed that salt and pepper douchebag that dyed his hair when he tried to get on Fox Sports 1 acting all hard and tough. And he's still popping off about how Baker isn't any good, yet blows Biff Sam Darnold. So they all attack Baker Falls. What did Baker do? He said nothing that everybody in that locker room has been probably preaching for the 10 days after Hugh got let go. He's already slobbing Marvin Lewis. And let's just talk about Hugh for a second. (laughs) Hugh made it a point all pregame to be seen on the field, walk over to Jimmy. Hey, the cameras got me. I want to make sure the cameras get me. I'm going to try and chat with this guy or that. Demarius Randall told me everything I need to know. Everybody's celebration told me everything I needed to know. But Hugh, note where he always was. He was right next to, like, wiping Marvin Lewis's ass or cleaning up the the (laughs) face as he was getting his shot all over it from the beating we just put on him. He wasn't up in the booth. He wasn't chilling. He wasn't doing anything low-key because that's not Hugh. That's not Hugh when he goes on first take and slurps all those guys off when he goes on there. And, oh, he answers. He whines. He makes excuses. He has that stupid grin and stupid face. I'm glad we stuffed it in his face. I hope he's the Bengals coach for the next 15 years. And everybody can talk about how he needed a job and he had to get that job. It's horse shit. It's just a bunch of made-up nonsense. Baker, shut it up. Leave it be. But everybody wants to talk and act like they got an opinion. Well, here's the opinion. (laughs) F Damian Woody. F Ryan Clark. F first take. F get out. F that and your whole mother effing crew. I'm done with all you guys. I never watched your shit in the first place. It just comes across my Twitter timeline because I'm a Browns fan, and that's what I'm about. Farkas, you can ride on this guy. <laughs> bravo, bravo. Farky, take it away, buddy. No, there's a, I mean, come on. There's not that much more to say about it. Like I said before the pod, I'm, I'm just exhausted with it. It's, 
Look, he he did what he did on the field, which I think is completely admirable, and he had every right. Again, we mentioned this over and over. No one has to hug or dap anyone. Uh, you can be professional and say, what's up, which is exactly what he did, and walked away. This All this shit about, you know, would Tom Brady have, have said anything in the postgame? Would so-and-so say anything in the postgame? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. It doesn't matter because we're talking about personalities. That's what we've been talking about with Baker since the draft. And this is his personality, regardless of whether an elite Hall of Fame first bout quarterback would have said anything in the press conference doesn't matter because he did. And it was nothing that was, you know, egregious or unprofessional. Nothing like Sean said. The bottom line is he just stated the facts of why everyone is acting the way they are in Cleveland and why everyone feels the way they do. This all started with Hugh going on his week or two week parade, throwing everybody under the bus. That's where it started. And he's talking about Carson Wentz and all Like he's undermining Baker and no one wants to act like that actually happened. They're just all, you know, that's not the case, but and Mike Silver, all these dudes, they just ride for Hugh. It sucks. Go have another sangria. (laughs) <laughs> the takes are so bad, and like Sean said with Kyle Hurd, yeah, this all started because he didn't want he didn't like him in the draft because he didn't like the personality and, and you know wants to be right, and he's completely wrong. He's like some of these Cleveland talk show hosts that that literally put their their everything on the line to say that they did not think Baker Mayfield was going to be the guy, and they've been completely wrong. So now instead of just sucking it up and swallowing it. They just they continue to try to find little ways to defend themselves. And in this case, there's no way for him to defend. This is one of the worst takes I've heard. He comes on his show today. I saw something on Twitter and made a comment that Baker's got no reason to act like this because, um, okay, who's who's people that have these types of personalities that have been speaking out? He says Cam Newton, Aaron Rodgers. He says, look where that's gotten Cam Newton. Look where that's gotten Aaron Rodgers this season. What a terrible weak-ass take. Cam Newton's having the best statistical season of his career. And Aaron Rodgers is in his, like, 14th season. So he's showing a little bit of digression in his game. Big freaking deal. It has nothing to do with the personality of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is still going to go for 30-4 and TD to INT this year. Exactly. This is how weak... So Baker has, has has shoved it down these guys' throats so bad with where their positions were from the draft forward that that's how bad and how they're scrambling to make anything they can out of a way to protect what their original stance was on on him and his personality. So it's it's all garbage, man. It's This week, we'll get to it, but I'll tell you, they keep rolling. It just is going to add more and more fuel and infuriate these guys, and it's great. The only downside is I have to start defending, like, takes from from clay travis who actually has a rational take on baker mayfield and people like that who i who i typically would hate being associated with yeah and you know being outside the cleveland market and seeing it from the outside looking in you know baker has always kind of been he's kind of had a toe the line of being a villain and being a good guy right um he you know when he planned the flag at ohio state when he uh, you know, grabbed his crotch against, was it Kansas, whoever it was. He's always kind of towed that line. And also he, he's towed the line of, of arrogant and cocky and, and to a point where confident and cocky, I think it is. And I, I see, I respect that and I appreciate that because, you know, as a, as a society, I think we're far too PC. And what happens is, is, is when somebody kind of speaks their mind here a little bit, 
all of a sudden, you know, now that we all have a voice on Twitter, all of these these peons come out of nowhere, and we get this mob mentality that all of a sudden, well, if the guy's going to speak his mind, then he's probably an asshole, and that's just so weak and so bad, and just so you know, these are the same these are the same guys that held the water ten years ago for for Roethlisberger though. And then they want to now – now they overblow everything and go so extreme that any little blip gets exploded upon because the, they need their little 15 minutes of fame so they right. can regurgitate another show on ESPN or FS1 or be like these other clowns that get, you know, m- memes or GIFs uh, online. It's like that's just what we've bred at this point. It's ridiculous. Like Baker, again – there's nothing that he said there, and he's entitled to his opinion. They're entitled to theirs, but you can't sit there and then start getting into the Texas Tech scenario and not yeah. know what the hell you're talking about. Baker That's at least t- knows what he's, what's take. going on with Hugh. He was in the locker room. He saw right. fakeness. But these guys right. want to then pop and say, well, you did this or you did that. It's like, well, if he didn't have a scholarship and they weren't right. – like, he, did, he didn't play them. He didn't play them in the same season. Yeah, but even on top of that, like it's it's not even it's not relevant. Like you're a college athlete, you're not paid. You have no obligation to have to stay there or any level of ownership. Like when there was none reciprocated to him, like there was no two way contract there. I I really think that I really think that nowadays sports journalists are just lazy and they do not know the whole hundred percent. Pat Mahomes came in and Cliff Clinsbury liked him better. Baker had a, a bad MCL, missed half the season or whatever it was. Like they, they just look at the fact, well, you left Texas Tech and went to Oklahoma. Well, yeah, because he he lost his job and he wanted to be an NFL player. He did what was best for he him. Always he always wanted right to play move. for Oklahoma hey, anyway. Yeah. And you know, you know what else too is you know what you have not heard. You have never heard Patrick Mahomes' name. You have never heard these guys say, right. "Oh, and by the oh, and by the yeah. way, the guy that was playing pretty well when he was injured was Patrick Mahomes, who's a pretty yeah. good quarterback." So it's yeah. not absurd that he lost his job. Right, right. And I think I think with Baker, I think Baker, the Patriots, those are two lightning rods. Where if you have a hot take about them, that's going to get like you said, Sean, your fifteen minutes of fame, and then all of a sudden. People are going to be talking about you. And it's so lazy and weak and pathetic. I actually kind of – I know you guys aren't big Barstool fans, but I liken it to Barstool. Whenever somebody does a hit piece like Deadspin, who's just a dying media, whenever they do a hit piece about Barstool, Barstool picks it up. People who don't like Barstool pick it up, and all of a sudden that gets a ton of play, and that gives them – you know, make them relevant again for the next two, three days. But in the end, what ends up happening – Barstool throws these people in a closet and just say, you're wrong, and here's why you're wrong, or here's why you're a hypocrite. Now we're seeing everybody that comes out on Baker, everybody that, that just talks down about him and how he's this this arrogant player who is not a good teammate, you know, he undermines his coach. No, you prove them wrong easily because these people don't know what they're talking about. I know Greg That's Williams just- said he was, back in, he was back in the building hours before, like, and multiple guys were back in the building hours before they were expected. Sure, hours before, it. so here's a, here, I mean, the culture's less. different. The culture's changing. You can like I've heard enough interviews. I see enough on the field. The, even this when they're when they're failing, they're failing in a frustrating way. That's like trying to get everybody on the same page. It's not the give up, quit nonsense. Like I just it, it's it's so irksome at this point, and it, it is lazy and everything. But here's the thing: any one of those dudes, any single one of them, would bend over backwards or hit their knees 
to beg to get Baker Mayfield on their respective shows. Absolutely. Any point Absolutely. in time, this spring, this summer. So I actually hope Baker just basically does the middle finger tour and does the the the, the PFT commentary with Big T- Cat, does a couple of those types of things. You know what you don't hear? You don't hear that Baker's doing free T-shirts, that all the proceeds are going to the Special Olympics. Like You're not hearing any of that stuff because that doesn't fit their silly-ass, stupid box. Well, and, and Sean, you know that he, he did that with, with uh, part of my take. Right. So, and with Barstool. So he, yeah, he, if for people who don't know, Baker Mayfield is working with Special Needs of Ohio, and every proceed that comes from the, the Baker Mayfield um, Barstool Sports clothing line that they put together, all those go to, to, to Special Special Olympics Ohio. So people can't don't find an see OU, that. You cannot find an OU fan that will say anything negative towards Baker. Under Like, literally, not one single and Browns fans with will get that way too. And at some point, we're going to be like the the Patriots with Brady type stuff. Like that's how we're going to get so hunkered down on this, or we're just yep. not going to pay attention to it. It's just they are blasting it out across everything. The NFL Network had Mike Silver on today. They had Mike <laughs> Silver on trashing Baker. I gotta listen to that guy trash Baker and do his hand gyrations and all that other nonsense. And then I've got Daniel Jeremiah have to defend it and Steve Weish have to defend, you know, hey, maybe he's trying to change a culture or, you know, who cares? Like, who really cares? He basically said, F that guy. I Why do – it's football. Like, the, the one minute they want to, like, start talking trash at Baker and the next minute they're pissed because he wasn't nice to Hugh. Who gives yeah. a shit? Hughes well, here, here. went on a tour trashing him. Here's a testament to how to how Baker's carried himself since he's been a, been a pro. Is you still have Colin Cowherd grasping at straws at the yeah. highest level, talking about the flag, which to me the flag <laughs> the flag it wasn't even an, an issue to me. The flag's if you not ask an Baker, issue for true. If you ask Baker, Baker, if you Ohio if you ask fans find if, it funny. Yes, if you ask Baker if he'd take back the crotch grab, he'd probably take the crotch grab back. But I they're still talking about – Kansas pulled I a do. bunch of shit that game. They didn't shake his hand. They hit, hit him late off the sidelines dirty. Could have, like, given him a concussion. Like, the, the, the crotch – I'm just saying – I'm just saying. I'm just saying. warranted. It was – I'm saying they don't talk about – he's not talking about the crotch grab. He still brings up planting a flag in the yes. middle of the field. Not celebrating with his teammates after a 15th – touchdown they scored on Ohio State <laughs> to get up three scores all right so this is not a uh, state of the Browns podcast uh, but I think that this was definitely worthwhile to talk about um, before we get into week 13 of the fantasy football season uh, mainly because both Sean uh, well Sean's having a terrible fantasy football year and we don't want to talk about that I beat Ruse uh, ass Farky, this week and Farky you're uh, playing spoiler in the league from the Ville but uh, how's the, the rest of your leagues going winning in I've worked myself into into three game win streak this week. I play a uh, modern ruse uh, co managed team, and it's win and in for me and Brownstown, baby. All right, so I'm uh, seven and one last week, and I am winning in in one league. Actually, winning in, in two leagues, guaranteed the playoff spot in five leagues, and I'm out in one dynasty league where I am just actually rebuilding. Um, and oddly enough, uh, after getting rid of all of my older talent, my younger talent like Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette. And um, uh, Jared Goff and Corey Davis has actually been outscoring the guys that I, I sent out. So the rebuild is going much better than expected. But um, it is week 13 of the NFL and fantasy football season. The good news about that is is playoffs are right around the corner. I can't believe that we're already at that point of the season, but here we are. Um, 
if you're fighting for a playoff spot, our goal is to help you get into the playoffs this week. For those playing week 14 playoffs, some idiots play week 15 through 17. Hopefully that's not the case for your league. But uh, if you are out of the playoff contention, again, we mentioned this a few weeks ago, play spoiler. That's a lot of fun. Also, keep keep track of guys for next season, next draft season. Um, you know, Start taking notes now if you want to actually try to win some money. I know it sounds lame and pathetic, but trust me, it works. So, gentlemen, we had a, a good slate of games last week. Um, but this week we have no more buys. Week 13, all the buys are done. So that means that Thursday night we have the New Orleans Saints heading to the Dallas Cowboys in Jerry World. Now, interestingly enough, both teams played on Thanksgiving, so there is no short week for these guys. I was surprised they put both these guys in two straight Thursday night games. But a player that's made a huge difference since coming over in a trade from the Oakland Raiders. And we criticize this trade a little bit, not so much from the player's skill, but more from the contract value. Uh, but Amari Cooper had a huge Thanksgiving game, two long touchdowns, had about 180 yards, I believe it was, two touchdowns. Um, Farkey, do you like him to continue his success against the Saints defense, who looked pretty good last week against the um, the Eagles? Yeah, the Saints are definitely improving defensively, but I, I do. I like Amari Cooper. We mentioned it last week that, that we thought he was still a guy that you'd want to keep playing for this Dallas team. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm not a Dak fan, but maybe he's gaining a little bit of confidence as they play a, a little better and better each week consistently on offense. So um, as long as Zeke's you know, going to be between four and a half, five, five yards a pop and getting 20 carries and keeping that defense honest, I think Amari Cooper has the potential to, to do real well week to week. Better Sean, get out to an early league because I see a shit sandwich and Jason Garrett's the waiter and the consumer of it because uh, Saints get up early, maybe neutralize Zeke a little bit. I think Lattimore on Cooper um, is a good matchup for the Saints. Hopefully they're keying in on then on, on Zeke. Somebody else from Dallas is going to have to beat him, Michael Gallup. Cole Beasley might be an interesting play, but I love the Saints in this spot. Uh, if it was a short week at home, I'd give Dallas a little bit better of a chance, but having played and get the full week from last Thanksgiving, I, I think it sets up really well for, for New Orleans and company, and then they get a little quasi buy into the following Sunday. So I, I, I'd like the Saints here. They're going to throw a lot at Dallas. I'd be very, very surprised if the Cowboys can get a win here or look uh, overly dominant from an offensive perspective like we've seen the last couple weeks. Yeah, next week um, the Saints play the Bucks, so that's going to be a nice opening round, playoff round matchup for all those Saints skill players. Uh, Farkey, this week I'm relying on Mark Ingram because Leonard Fournette uh, decided to try to knock out Shaq Mason. Uh, he had a bit of a stinker last week, but you think he turns it around? It all depends. The Cowboys' biggest inconsistency has been their defense, and I know a lot of people – especially guys we know, do not like the Cowboys and dog them and dog that division. But the truth of it is, on paper, statistically, the Cowboys are a top 10 defense, period. They are. So uh, it'll be interesting to see who shows up, and uh, it'll definitely be a test against the Saints team. I would play Ingram uh, because I agree with Sean. I, I think the Saints cover the 7.5 on the road in Dallas. So, uh, yeah, Ingram's a play for me. Should be a good game. Uh, Dak's, Dak is turning around a little bit. I think a huge part of that is because of Amari Cooper's emergence of that offense. So, um, you know, a lot of guys are starting this game. Should be a fantasy-friendly game on Thursday night, so be sure to check that one out. Uh, one game that might not be the, the a fun game to watch is the Arizona Cardinals at the Green Bay Packers. Packers are pretty much out of it. Uh, I think there's a playoff scenario available for them, but it's going to be very, very tough. It's good opening draw against Arizona, who is a poo-poo platter of a squad. But, Sean, what you, what's, your, what's your thought on this game? Packers are studs this week offensively. Jones, Adams, um, 
if Cobb comes back even, uh, you know, I think um, Valdez scouting uh, probably actually has a little bit of a pop this week too. You have to see where what they do with Peterson. But they'll find ways to get Adams the ball. They usually always do. Uh, so they'll fool everyone a little bit, light it up. But I think Rosen could be a decent play late. Um, but really, if you got other options, go that way. I think David Johnson, though, is it should post very solid numbers it, just because Green Bay's defense, and particularly their front seven, is hit with injuries, and, and they're just not very good in the first place. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's a good play with Packers players, Jimmy Graham as well. I think Rodgers you know, gets 300-plus, three touchdowns. I think it's a, a stat-stuffer game that, that – will help in the grand scheme of overall, but if you've had Rodgers this year, you've been frustrated, and you've been frustrated because Mike McCarthy can't get plays in. <laughs> well, we did tell everybody at the beginning of the season when he was hurt to trade him, but if they didn't, that's on them. Uh, Farky, a guy who's actually starting to turn around a little bit the last few weeks is Larry Fitzgerald. Scored a touchdown last week. Uh, he's starting to look spry again. Think he's got enough left in the tank to help teams on a playoff run? No, not with this squad. This team's crap. I mean, they're only two, they've got, what, two wins or both against San Francisco. I just don't think they target him enough. Um, he scored last week, but he, I think he had two catches on two targets. And they force-feed David Johnson the ball, which is good for owners like myself and him. But I just don't trust this they offense. Can't, they can't, the offensive line can't protect yeah. enough for, for Fitzgerald. Yeah. And Rosen doesn't throw to Fitzgerald because – he's still a rookie where he needs to see him open a little bit. I don't see yeah. the anticipatory throws from Rosen that you see from Mayfield, certainly. He's a little bit more like Darnold in that regard, and uh, I think that's problematic for a guy like Fitzgerald who's not going to get a ton of separation. And if there's somebody if there's somebody to gravitate towards, it's Kirk. Yeah, I was going to say that. Christian Kirk started off last game uh, with a few a handful of catches in the first early drives. Uh, Reggie had him, um, and I was a little nervous when he was up at like seven points within the first few minutes of the game starting, but uh, he did slow down a little bit as that whole offense continued to sputter. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game. I mean, obviously, I think we're all on the same page that the Packers go up early and the Cardinals are going to chuck it. This could mean... David Johnson gets phased out because, you know, they are starting to force him, as you said, Farky, but if, if he's not in the – they need to get him involved in the, in the pass game, but if for some reason the, the game script goes away from him and they start going downfield, that could be a detriment to his, his production. Um, but, you know, next year when we start looking at draft boards, I mean, you have to take into consideration that team because the Cardinals continue to suck. <clears throat> I don't think David Johnson's the first-round pick because – just game script. So uh, we'll worry about that next year. But uh, a game that has shoot-up potential, we think, is the Baltimore Ravens heading to Atlanta. Lamar Jackson will be under center, even with Joe Flacco healthy and active. Um, the Falcons have nothing really to play for right now, but that offense still can get going, uh, especially in the Dome. Calvin Ridley had a brutal drop last last week on the goal line. That actually saved me in a league. I was going against Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley, and um, that drop was obviously a huge 12-point swing. Um, but Julio Jones getting going again. Uh, Tevin Coleman has struggled. Sean, I do not like Tevin Coleman this week against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, are you on board with me on that one, or do you think he's got a sh- uh, shot to pop? Uh, I don't running the ball. I think he's going to get his fair share of catches. I actually think this is a troublesome spot for Baltimore, and I think it's got sneaky shootout potential, actually. I, I think if the Falcons can get up a little early, uh, you'll see them be a little looser with Jackson. I'm not sure he finishes this game. I think actually Flacco is going to come in and probably have to throw them into um, 
into into the winner's circle if they can get there. I like the Falcons to actually uh, pull the upset here. And, you know, a guy like Julio, Ridley, I, I just like uh, Sanu. I think on the outside, Atlanta get, gets up and down and maybe unleashes it a little bit here and teases uh, fantasy owners as well as kind of folks that were wondering where the hell they've been offensively all year. Here's my thing. I don't know that Lamar Jackson uh, – can get it going downfield. I, I don't. I just don't think they're going to give him that opportunity. I, he he does not have. To me, he does not yet have an NFL arm. No, I Still think they're going to open it up, and he's going to make mistakes, and they're going to have to go mm-hmm. to Flacco in the second half if oh, they okay, want to win the game. Hey, just just an FYI, this was as of uh, seven o'clock today. They said that the Flacco won't be active, and that he'll have to have another full week of practice before he. Plays. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. I must have wow. missed that. Well, but the real question, though, Farky, Kyle is, Bowler available. <laughs> <laughs> the real question, though, Farky, is you know Alex Collins, your guy. You know, is is done. Uh, done. He's done. done. Yeah, is, is I don't. Want, I don't want to. I'm, I'm done with this topic. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Gus <laughs> Gus Edwards is the guy there. I guess whatever he wants to do, I don't care. Um, I'm over now, it. Now, do you think? Now, real quick though, do you think that Alex Collins is just done, done in the NFL? Not in the NFL, but as a fantasy asset moving forward for the next year or two. Yeah, he can he can go play in uh, New York for the New York Jets. He's good enough to play for the Jets. He's a perfect Jets running back, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, All right, that's fair. Um, you know, last week Michael Crabtree scored a touchdown. I still do not trust him or any of the Baltimore wide receivers, unless uh, to Sean's point, Flacco does get in the game. Um, so that'll be something to keep an eye out for. And obviously, if you have Falcons, you start them. You know, I mentioned Tevin Coleman. Uh, I will actually be starting Austin Eckler over Tevin Coleman in the league, and we'll get to him and why he's a, a good play this week for the San Diego Chargers. But other than that, yeah, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, uh, Calvin Ridley, even Austin Hooper is a guy you can consider at your tight end. They started getting him going later on in the game. Uh, a talented player who who has shined at times. Uh, but Julio, I, I think he could potentially have a – I know this is really going on a limb, fellas, but a wide receiver one week this week. As I, yeah, I know. I know. Hot takes here. Hot takes here. Um, so I will be firing him up in the couple leagues that I have him. Looking forward to that. But a game that I am not looking forward to is the Buffalo Bills at the Miami Dolphins. Sean, give your hot take here. Who is the best play fantasy-wise for this game? This is absolutely putrid. The only reason I care about this game is I've got the Buffalo Bill under five and a half. And <laughs> last week with Jacksonville, that actually hurt me. Uh, this has to be a loss, and they still have the Jets and Dolphins left. Um, th- my description for this game is it's putrid. When Frank Gore is maybe the best play, um, I can only sum it up one way. It's poopy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Josh Allen looked good. I know that we're an, we're an anti-Josh Allen podcast, but he, had, he did look athletic at times last week. He chucked the ball, flicked it, it was 75 like eight, yards. Eight for these. 15 or 16. I know. Who gives a shit? <laughs> we ain't talking about Josh Allen. There's 25 no. quarterbacks better. Yeah, eight, eight for 19. So he was 42%. He hit a 75-yard <laughs> bomb. That's it. All right. So not a lot to talk about in that AFC East battle. Um, but the Carolina Panthers oh. are the Tampa Bay. Oh. Go ahead. Oh, never mind, never mind. Different team. Go ahead. Okay. The Carolina Panthers are heading to Tampa to play the Bucks. So, Christian McCaffrey lit it up last week. Over 200 yards from scrimmage, two touchdowns. I think he had 11 catches. The guy's turning into he's, – he's doing what I didn't expect him to do. I really thought he would break down at this point in the season. But, you know, Ron Rivera had all the confidence in the world in him, and, and he is being – 
treated to an RB1 season from their former first-round pick. McCaffrey is everything is advertised. The guy's electric. He's a game-changer, and he's been a huge help for Cam in really keeping Cam upright because they're not relying on him to run the ball as much as they have in the past. Um, Sean, you know, do you think that with the Bucks defense being as bad as it is and as injured as it is, do we have a repeat of 200 yards from scrimmage from uh, Christian McCaffrey? I'd actually be surprised. I think you're going to get the Bucks with some pride really overly key on Cam. I think DJ Moore's a play. Maybe if Funches is active, Greg Olson, they dust off. I, I think you got to look at the others in this instance. One thing that I will say, and it's kind of a point that I highlighted, is you know Cam is throwing a lot more sh- shorter routes. Some of that is because their offensive line is totally deficient, never mind the fact that uh, C-Mac just did what he did last week. But basically 7.5 average depth on targets now. It's down from last year at about 8.9. The previous two years averaged out at 11. That may not seem like a huge amount, but it's like you know yards per attempt, and a yard is a significant difference. And to be down 1.3 yards on top of you know a couple years ago, almost four, um, where there was you know kind of an upward trajectory, and that's where you'd want to be as far as you know pushing the envelope and driving big plays downfield. It is a little indictment on Carolina this year is everything, and it's why McCaffrey's going to go for what 120 catches. Um, yeah, just because everything is inside 10 yards because they're so deficient on the offensive line. I think it's a real problem. Uh, and it's one thing they've got to address significantly in the offseason. Farky, any additional thoughts on that? No, I actually uh, was flipping back and forth from the Browns game. The game when they would go to a commercial, I was watching the Seattle-Carolina uh, game, and I think I made mention to it earlier in the week is that this Carolina team just seems to to kind of be in a bad place. Now, you look at it and see a 30-27 loss last week and maybe not think too much of it that they battled, which they did. But to me, they, they more or less lost that game. Seattle, um, you know, really made a push in the second half and did a lot of nice things on defense to keep um, keep them off the field, Carolina off the field. Uh, so I guess in terms of where Carolina's at as a team, I I don't see them being a team that I can count on outside of McCaffrey to do creative things with their offense, to a lot of Sean's points. Uh, Cam's putting up a lot of great numbers, but again, he's completing passes that have an average depth of 7.6 yards, so his percentage is going to be pretty high. Right, and then also, too, when they went to the Super Bowl that year, they had that dominant defense with Josh Norman and a solid pass rush, too. And while their defense has been acceptable at times, it's, it's definitely not a game-changer like it was a few years ago. Uh, that offense hasn't been – it's been good at times, but it's also been pretty bad at times as well. And, you know, we've been talking about Cam Newton for years now about how frustrating he is to have on your fantasy team because throughout the game you just see the overthrows sailing, the ball sailing, you know, the, the stupid decisions that he makes, uh, the big hits that he takes. But then in the end he finishes with like 28, 29, 30 fantasy points, so you can't get too, too mad about it. But he's just – he's a polarizing player – in a good and a bad way. Um, and I, I don't see it this year with the Panthers. A lot of the talking heads on, on the major channels were saying how the, the Panthers are their favorite, well, not their favorite, but they're uh, a real threat in the NFC to the teams like the Rams or the Saints. But I don't see that whatsoever. I think they're going to get bounced to wild card weekend. They're definitely not going to be getting a bye if they make the playoffs at all. Um, but Farkey, on the other side of the ball, the Tampa Bay Bucks, your hometown team right now, What's going on? What's the word with Jameis Winston? Are are the the Bucks loyal still sick of him, or are they kind of coming coming around on him? 
I haven't heard a lot about Jameis. I think everybody settled into the fact that he's just the lesser of two evils in terms of on-field <laughs> performance. Uh, obviously, the guy's talented, um, but he's been up and down. So uh, for me, if I'm if I'm owning any of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I probably want to be own, owning Cameron Bray. He's obviously still goes to him, likes him, keys in on him. Uh, certainly did a ton last year as well. So uh, for me, uh, as uh, a Braid owner, I would I'm happy Cam's or I'm sorry, James is starting. Yeah, I picked up uh, Cameron Brait off waivers last week. He's one of the top waiver wire ads on the on the blog www.negpodcast.com. Um, I also had him on my bench in the Dynasty League and actually worked out perfectly because Travis Kelsey was on a bye. And while Brait isn't going to get you eight catches for 120 yards, there's a very good chance he's going to score a touchdown. Him and Jameis are just you know it's they they hook it up all the time in the red zone. Uh, he's his number one target outside Mike Evans. I'd say actually in the red zone, he might be a bigger target to Jameis than Mike Evans. Um, but Cameron Brate is a solid, solid tight end one in a position that's just been absolutely ravaged with inconsistent play and injuries this year. So if Cameron Brate is somehow still available now that O.J. Howard is on the IR, go get him, get him quickly. He actually has flex appeal with his touchdown upside. Um, so definitely try to find a way to get him. And if you if you own Deshaun Jackson, FYI, you can never start him if Jameis Winston's nope. playing quarterback. Or I, I I never liked starting him even when uh, Michael Vick was his quarterback. Uh, the, well, he <laughs> had a couple always... he had a couple twenty point games at the beginning of the season. So yeah, well that was yeah that was with uh, Fitzmagic. But no, I see what you're saying. I just he's always just always been a boomer bust guy that I've never had faith in. Uh, never liked starting him because whenever I did, it would always be a bust and not a boom. So. Um, next game, Chicago Bears at New York Giants. Speaking about boom players, uh, those boom players being Odell Beckham Jr. and Saquon Barkley. Uh, Sean, obviously with the Chicago Bears being, their defense being fantastic this year, they're one of the top scoring defenses in fantasy, if not the top. Uh, do you still start guys like Odell Beckham and Saquon Barkley? Yeah, I think both are bulletproof. Barkley more so. I mean, let's just be honest. Barkley... He might not be the best pure running back, uh, but as far as what he does stat-wise, catching the ball, he's got to be a top-five pick next year. He's just so damn explosive for a team that has just been a clogged toilet, and you got to figure if they can add a little bit more offensive line-wise and maybe a competent quarterback uh, with some kind of young legs and a young arm, uh, they could be kind of dangerous next year. So I, I think both are automatic plays. Um, Bears D uh, is just going to – terrify the hell out of Eli Manning how much piss is going to run down both of his legs through the course of this game is and and are we going to get that happy feet Eli where he does that face and he crawls up and curls down on the ground when he throws it on a five-step drop and he throws it on like three and a half steps uh so if I watch this which I doubt I will but if I did I would enjoy that greatly maybe you guys can send me some memes or something from it I'm sure we'll find something um Farky you know with now, do you guys know, is Trubisky playing? Is he going to be out another week? I thought he was playing. Okay, so if Trubisky's playing, um, obviously I think you, you, you fire up Trey Burton, um, Allen Robinson, even but even so, Chase Daniels was pretty solid last week uh, taking over for Trubisky that one week while he was out with an injury. But uh, the, the Bears offense, you know, I know you guys aren't huge believers in it, um, but they get it going, they get it done. Uh I'd fire them up against the Giants this week. You know, I have uh, Tariq Cohen in a couple leagues, and 
while sometimes they go away from him, which I, I can't understand, uh, he still has plenty of value in that offense being an explosive player. Another guy you might want to keep an eye on who has disappointed this year is Jordan Howard. I think that with no snacks Harrison, the defensive tackle who was traded to the Lions, without him there's a huge hole on the defensive line, and I think that's a, a type of team that Jordan Howard can feast on this week. So, you know, if you have a flex spot and you're deciding between Howard and somebody similar, I, I would lean towards Howard this week, uh, knowing that, yes, there is a very good chance that he could finish with two or three points and uh, totally ruin your Sunday. But um, hopefully that's not the case. <clears throat> but on the other side of the ball, like we said, definitely go with uh, Saquon Barkley, Odell Beckham Jr. Bears really defense. Bears defense for sure must start. All right, Cleveland Browns at Houston Texans. The Texans just beat down the Titans last week. Farky, Sean, have at it. Let me tell, let me know what you guys think about this game. You can take it, Farky. Uh, this is gonna it's gonna be a tough matchup for them in, in terms of what they're gonna bring from the pass rush. That's no secret. But I'm telling you, this could be a hot take. It can be bias, fan pick statement. Baker Mayfield is as good as anyone. Now, I'm saying anyone in the NFL at buying time, staying patient in the pocket, and avoiding a sack. I, I truly believe that. I'm talking Tom Brady, don't count because he can't move, but Aaron Rodgers, uh, Russell Wilson, who I would say probably is the second best, or if not the best. Uh, so uh, it'll be very, very interesting to me. This will be his, his big, big test, I think, in terms of the type of pressure that he sees um, from the outside, outside of maybe uh, you know seeing Pittsburgh twice. Um, saw, saw Callaway get involved last week. That was that was really exciting um, because they're going to have to probably score with this team. Um, you know, Hopkins is going to be a tough matchup for them, no doubt. Um, and, and you could say Lamar Miller is going to be a guy that maybe has some spark to him right now. I don't buy into that. Um, Browns have been okay against the run, but, uh, you know, Miles Garrett on the flip side is going to have to put some pressure on uh, Deshaun Watson. So I think it's going to be a fun game. This is, I know we talk a lot about Baker. I don't want to exhaust that, but I think this is really going to be a good test for him to really prove to the league on, on what he's capable of doing under pressure. Miles coming back near uh, home, and uh, you know, there'll actually be a sneaky lot of Browns fans at this, both from you know traveling. Houston's kind of a little bit of a commute-type city, a little like Atlanta in that regard. You're going to get a lot of Baker folks, Oklahoma, either in Texas or coming down from that shithole state, popping in and wanting to see you know their demigod in, in Baker. Um, so I don't see as much home field here. I'm just and and I I'm terrified of Houston's offense against Greg Williams this week. I, I think this that's got the potential to be a shootout. That said, don't let the Cleveland Browns win this week. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> don't let us win this week. If you don't don't really let us win this week. I'm not gonna let you. If we don't win this it. week. <laughs> I'm telling you. Good to know. I'm All telling right. you, Farky. Right. I'm telling you. Listen, listen. Baltimore's not very good, and they're sitting in that next to last wild card spot. That's that's all I'm saying. This, this I'm not Baltimore even going to get into week, it. If Baltimore loses this week, look out. I'm telling don't let you. Don't let them. Don't let them. Don't so, let them. So, uh, yeah, no, so let me touch upon this game real quick. I, I The one thing I, I am concerned about, is the Browns trying to stop Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. And we also saw Demarius Thomas get going on Monday night, scored two touchdowns, of course, after I told everybody in the pod to bench him. But I did throw out the caveat that he's probably going to score. 
So, do you think, Sean, the Browns can stop that passing game? No. I, I don't. But I think Bill O'Brien's just stupid enough, and he hasn't, you know, <laughs> crapped his pants lately, that uh, I think he's due for one for old Reggie. That's a good point. Yeah, I, think, and, I, think Reggie, you- I think Reggie's got this one teed up. He's He, he got screwed over betting uh, Bill O'Brien early in the year, and he's been screwing him since. I think we get redemption this week, and I spelled R E G G I E. Hey, this is this is a prime spot for a couple possible take the point moments for Bill O'Brien. Exactly. <laughs> One thing I did notice about the uh, the Texans last night was they still Deshaun Watson at the end of the second half really struggled with the, the clock management. Um, he ran the ball for like six yards when time was running down before the. I think they had like one timeout left, or maybe they didn't have any timeouts left instead of throwing the ball away. Um, and that just is is my one knock on him. I mean, he's got the arm strength, he's got the mobility, his accuracy I think is getting better, uh, and he has the weapons around him. But I still think mentally he checks out sometimes, and he lets the the moment kind of get to him. So I I think the way the Browns could potentially win this game would be if there is a mind F by by Deshaun Watson. But I do think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I mean, we've seen since Hugh left, the Browns' offense has just lit it up. Um, but the one guy who hasn't lit it up is Jarvis Landry. I'm hoping he can get going this week. The secondary for Houston is not very good. Obviously, their pass rush with Jadavion Clowney and J.J. Watt is fantastic. But the secondary is banged up. So I think that's going to allow guys like – Jarvis Landry, Antonio Callaway, David Njoku to kind of get going. And, you know, I'm not sure what the over-under is here, but I would definitely put the over on this one. 48. I'm, I'm probably going to look at the over on this one. I could see this being a 28 to, to 31 game, something like that. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a good one. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching that. That will probably be on, the, uh, on red zone more often than not. So, you guys got any other thoughts about this game before we move on? I'll go Browns. Mm-hmm. All right. So, speaking of the Browns, they knocked out Andy Dalton for the season. Broken thumb onto the IR. They're hosting the Broncos this week in what's a must-win game for the Bengals. Jeff Driscoll will be at quarterback. Uh, the Broncos are, are coming off a, a tough loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers last week. They um, beat the Steelers, idiot. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. You're right. My bad. You're right. They. I forgot Ben threw a pick at the end there. That's right. My bad. So, We'll, rewind, on, we'll, we'll edit that out. We'll edit that out. Broncos coming off a great win against the Steelers <laughs> last week. Um, Run can they keep it going against the Jeff Driscoll-led Cleve, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, Farky? Yes. This team's garbage. Dumpster fire. They are. They're, they're, they're up absolute shit. If Denver has uh, any aspirations of playoffs and they sneaky have a schedule that they, they might allow or afford for it, they still play Oakland um, and, and a couple other dog shit teams. Their toughest game left is when we go – you know, tomorrow high in two weeks. Um, I, Denver wins this, I think, easily. Denver's got Denver's got a couple good players where, you know, people like Vaughn Miller, where they can just disrupt an entire offense. They don't need to be like a three or four game over 500 team. They, they're just fine with the shitty record that they have. They've got guys like that can, that, that can take over. I'm very much looking forward to the Zustin Bros heading to – or the Z Bros heading to uh... – to mile high in a couple weeks to celebrate the Monday Night Man's birthday. Um, we're just going to keep Shrek in line. That's the key. He's going to be a party animal like he usually is. 
I can't believe you guys invited him. Mr. Saturday is going to get going. Will Mr. Saturday show up for Saturday and Sunday or just going to show up for Saturday? Shit, that's Princess Saturday morning. That that dude's going to watch his cartoons in the morning with his Fruit Loops or Apple Jacks and pass the hell out. He can't hang with the big dogs. I know he can't. I love it. All right, but a guy who can hang with the big dogs, like that transition, Philip Lindsay continues to play well for the Broncos. He's really made Royce Freeman an afterthought, a guy who was really hot coming into the draft season. Uh, I saw him go as high as second overall in, our, in a rookie draft. Uh, he was being drafted in the fourth, fifth round in, fa- in fantasy drafts or redraft leagues. Um, Phil Lindsay has all but pretty much taken the wind out of the sails of Royce Freeman. I like Phil Lindsay this week to be you know, a high-end RB2 with low-end RB1 numbers potentially. Um, and the other side of the ball, you know, Farkey, I'm looking at a guy, Tyler Boyd, who was my favorite pickup of the year. He saved me at wide receiver two in a couple leagues. Scored a nice touchdown with Jeff, Jeff Driscoll at quarterback, but do you think that up that high-end wide receiver two value can continue with Driscoll at quarterback? Yeah, because I think he's going to get the targets. Uh, it's a combination of he's, he's a talented guy, and then Denver's in the bottom half of the league probably in the you know pass defense. So I, I don't see his production dipping too much. He'll get the targets. And it, it helps with the A.J. Green still being banged up too and likely out for this game as well. Yeah, um, AJ, so, it, Bengals lose this game. You won't see A.J. Green the rest of the year more than likely. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. So um, I will be firing up Tyler Boyd this week. Uh, continue to expect wide receiver two numbers from him, and you should too as well. So let's move on. Indianapolis Colts at Jacksonville Jaguars. The season of Leonard Fournette continues. The jackass. Gangster. Out Shaq Mason. He ran week. 60 yards from the sidelines to do that. <laughs> like, this is a guy that knows he'd get kicked out. Not only is he, he kind of like brittle, peanut butter like brittle, like he's soft. He's like that. He plays physical yeah. as hell, but he won't play at 85 Eighty percent. He's just kind of mm-hmm. cowardly like that. Unless there's money on the line, um, this tells me all I need to know. He'll never be on one of my fantasy teams. Yeah, I think this is the last time I'll be drafting him in redraft. Um, I'm going to probably. Consider What's his value him. in dynasty? Well, that's actually a really interesting story because your brother texted me and said, you know, what would you do with with Leonard Fournette? He goes, if if the Tebow's offered you, that's the team we're playing. The Tebow's offered you. Aaron Jones straight up, would you take it? And to that, I say no. Um, Is Mike McCarthy the coach? That's a good question. Uh, but yeah, here's the th- thing: I I would take Aaron Jones so fast over because you guys Leonard love Fournette. Aaron Jones. But, love uh, hey, have we been right or wrong on that? I mean, I don't know what it is. No, no, I'm I'm just curious what his. Po- I I didn't see what his numbers were this past game. I didn't notice. I didn't pay attention. He had touchdown. You had a touchdown. I mean, he, he's he a is so player. underutilized that once they get a guy that uh, offensive guy in there that lets Rodgers actually do some stuff at the line of scrimmage and play faster, like yeah. if they get an offense like the Rams where they're calling plays and getting fifteen more plays, three or four of those are going to Devontae, five or six are going to Aaron Jones. So that usage is going to get up into the twenties. It's he's Kamara light type potential. So you're saying that likelihood that they get that kind of offense is almost for certain? I think you, when you can McCarthy, I think you absolutely have to bring in someone that's going to get Rodgers four to six years 
at absolute premium. You've got to find I, whether it's old or new. It, you got to find a Sean Payton to to him as he ages. You got to find a McDaniel's to him as he ages. I actually think McDaniel's could be a play in Green Bay. Like that's a legitimate I, situation possibly yeah, there. I, can see I agree with you on Aaron Rodgers in terms of his capabilities. My concern is a front office that has carried Mike McCarthy as long as they have. I, I, I 100% agree with you. What I will say is in the last year, though, they finally played in free agency. So now you might see them get a little bit more adaptive then as well. Um, and McC- yeah, McCarthy's, though, McCarthy's that did, that just work co- out for him. McCarthy's a coach from the 90s and the early 2000s. Like, the, the game has advanced so much in 10 years. I they could bring in an older defensive mind, and if they bring in a Cliff Kingsbury or somebody like that, yeah, I actually think Lane Kiffin would be a, a pretty big time offensive coordinator again in the end. Like, I know you guys ridiculed that on on our group chat, but like, that's the limit or ceiling with a couple of these guys. If they know that and they're comfortable with it, like the sky's the limit for offensively. And I, with Rodgers and some of their weapons, they're they're a hell of a lot closer. Some of those young guys, those receivers have some stud potential to him oh yeah say this say this out loud and process it mike mccarthy has won a super bowl <laughs> aaron Rodgers has won a super bowl how'd i do <laughs> <laughs> all right so you know back to the conversation about aaron jones i think for the rest of the season he's definitely a he's flirting with rb1 value uh who do you want RB1, in two RB2. years Maybe, maybe. I mean, he's he's also he's got a little bit of a knuckleheadery to him. I mean, oh, he, you're ju- you're now. Meanwhile, you're defending a guy that ran sixty yards and sucker punching a guy with a helmet on. Yeah, but you know, he just was fighting for his teammate. That's all. Yeah. Okay. You keep I defending. Mean, hey, you keep defending Fournette. See how that treats you. <laughs> No, I mean, I see what you're saying, 100. percent But the difference, though, I think is is Fournette. Or Aaron Jones gets in legal trouble off of the off the field. You no, know, Fournette just acts like a jackass sometimes on the field. And yeah, that's an issue. I agree 100%. Uh, I think right now, though, Aaron Jones, you're not seeing his value going to Fournette's value right now because it just isn't there yet. He hasn't seen the body of work yet. I'm not saying that in three years from now, Aaron Jones won't be a stud and Fournette will be. But if you're looking at perceived value right now, you can get more than Aaron Jones for a guy like Leonard Fournette. And, uh, you know, that's obviously a, uh, a conversation I'm sure we'll have in the offseason when we start talking about dynasty values and different trade values when there's no games going on. But uh, for the time being right now, I think Aaron Jones, you can continue to rely on him as an RB1 with RB, you know, with the ceiling of RB2 because in the offense with Aaron Rodgers, defenses play to Aaron Rodgers' to Aaron Rodgers' strength was throwing the ball, which allows guys like Aaron Jones to get the ball more often in, in uh, you know, more open wide running lanes. Now, will Jamal Williams continue to get touches when he shouldn't? Probably because Mike McCarthy's an asshole. But, um, you know, that we just talked about why that's the case and why it's frustrating for the last five minutes. So um, that's just going to be an ongoing thing this year, which is going to limit Aaron Jones' upside, I think. But for this week, you know, I really like him against um, – who are, did I delete that? Who are the? They're they're playing the Cardinals. Yeah. Oh jeez. That okay. We're not right. even getting, on that game. You. you were, I know. We're not even on that. Sucking <laughs> Leonard Fournette. Uh, oh, that's very tough. Let's I'm just, losing yeah. it. Yeah. All right. So let's let's talk about the rest of that game. So, Jaguars are obviously a dumpster fire right now. Cody Kessler is taking over at quarterback over um, the the benched Blake Bortles. That experiment has ended miserably. 
It'll be interesting to see what the Jags do this offseason. They're probably going to have an early pick. They could use a quarterback there. But the Colts have been playing pretty well so far. Um, Andrew Luck got beat up last week, but he has been back to his QB1 ways. Do you think that the Jaguars are going to at least play with some pride this week, Sean, and, and try to beat him up a little bit? Or is he just going to light up this defense because they're just mailing it in at this point? Cody Kessler. They're going to get their ass beat. Andrew Luck's sharp. They're going to throw up and down. Ebron's going to have a big game, unfortunately. And, uh, yeah, I like the Colts in this one. The Jaguars are floundering. Like, do they get to 10 points this week? How? Yeah. They blow. But, yeah, I mean, no Leonard Fournette this week. So, TJ Yeldon and uh, Carlos Hyde will be at, at running back. And um, also, you mentioned Eric Ebron is of course going to be good because that's what he's been all year jack doyle out for the season with a kidney injury so the position the te1 role is back to eric ebron and he really thrived uh when doyle was out so uh fire him up as a top three tight end this week most likely uh just that's luck has been targeting him and there's no reason to think that he's going to go away from him anytime soon uh farky any thoughts on this game before we move on no all right so the chargers are heading to pittsburgh to play the steelers we have no melvin gordon this week spring mcl week to week uh, Schefter came back and said he's probably going to miss two weeks. So that hot take Shefty. Hot, yeah, hot he, take he, he finally got something right. We'll see. He literally can't so, get anything right because he keeps believing a rat in the Browns organization. And Dorsey's <laughs> feeding him lies, looking like an asshole. It's hilarious. He said so we picked up Reuben Foster. Wrong. We're going to interview you Condoleezza Rice. Yes, Wrong. today. It was on Twitter. He reported it that we were, he deleted we were picking the tweet. And everybody knows you can't delete the tweet. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Jesus, Shefty's struggling. You know you know what's happening? Guys like Ian Rappaport are getting the scoops faster. And so Shefty's just doing anything he can. Playing it loose and fast. Like, you know who else oh, did yeah. that? Mortensen with them PSI gauges. And yeah, and that, but that, that, tweet. that shows the type of, type of like knowledge that Shefty has. That he's really in with these NFL teams because, yeah, that's that's the brand, the culture that the Browns are really trying to create right now right, in Cleveland. Right. Yeah. Well, things are going great. Hey, let's bring in a, a, a proven <laughs> woman beater. That, that should go well. Um, or allegedly a woman beater. Um, but so Melvin Gordon's out, probably out till week 15. Uh, that means – Fire up Austin Eckler. We talked about Eckler earlier on the season as having standalone value, even with Melvin Gordon in. Now, my one concern, Sean, is when Gordon missed the London game, we thought Eckler would have a really good game. Didn't do much. Uh, was Scored less than 10 fantasy points that week because I started him. Now, do you think that was just a product of being in London? Do you think that this week against the uh, Steelers he could be an RB2? I do think it's a real concern because I think they're going to mix and match him a little bit. They're going to save him for third downs. So I think early on you'll see Justin Jackson as, as the other back, uh, predominantly first and second down. Maybe not as much second uh, because Chargers are a little bit more of a predominant throwing team. So they like to get um, you know with their best personnel on the field there and, and drive nickel coverage. Uh, I think they're going to be able to get up and down on Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's going to – it's going to be interesting to see how – Lost how the Chargers defense holds up. Uh, it's a it's a nice spot for Pittsburgh bounce back if you follow them. And unfortunately, you know, being as a Browns fan, you know, we we're, it's always near and dear. We're always rooting against them. This is a tailor made spot for the Steelers to come back and win or win this, you know, by a score or two scores. Just kind of handle their business, 
get everything back in line. The Chargers will tease everybody, but you know, all in all, this this feels like a Steelers game to be won or lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, Farky, let's talk Steelers real quick. James Conner is starting to play well. I think now that the shadow of Le'Veon Bell coming back is is completely gone. Uh, do you think he continues to, especially against this Chargers team, continues to be a solid RB1 week to week? Yeah, Connors, Connors doesn't concern me. He's proven himself to me. So he's kind of irrelevant. He's an automatic guy for that position. But the thing that's interesting for me personally as a Antonio Brown owner is I was looking up stats last night during the Monday night game just because I've, I've been frustrated to all hell about the number of targets that Big Ben has given Smith Schuster. It's just driving me crazy. And I, I was going back and, and rewinding plays. I mean, you have you have Antonio Brown sprinting down the, the right sideline into the end zone wide open and he just never takes his eye off Schuster. So that's something to keep an eye on if you're if you're a Brown owner. Smith Schuster has has eight more receptions this year, three hundred and twenty five more yards. However, the, the big factor in total points, this is a fantasy pod, is that Antonio Brown does have eight more touchdowns than Smith-Schuster does. So once I get into that red zone, it's it's obvious who he's keying in and targeting. But he has really, which is surprising because Brown is not at the tail end of his career, has shifted his focus on driving down the field towards Smith-Schuster. I don't think it's a product of Antonio Brown being locked up. No, and I think also, too, uh, I mean, Schuster's really had a lot of big plays this season as well. Obviously, he had that 97-yard touchdown last week. Um, That was the longest touchdown since last year's 97-yard touchdown that he had. Um, He just continues, I think, to really blossom into a great wide receiver. Um, And with James Conner being as good as he has been, he he hasn't really been the receiver that Le'Veon Bell was back, you know, during his Steelers career. So I think that allows for... More targets, more yardage should go Juju's way. Now, with that being said, to your point, obviously there's still something going on with Antonio not being the elite wide, well, the stud number one overall wide receiver that he has been previously. Um, is that a product of Juju Smith-Schuster? Absolutely. But I still think the volume should be there for for him to, to play well. Um, but as long as he's keep scoring touchdowns, obviously fantasy owners are going to be happy. They'll get that return on investment uh, that they're expected when taking him in the first round. Yeah, so. Schuster had 17 targets last week. I, th- I do that, think it's something to watch shit. next year. Um, next year might be a passing of the guard. That that yeah, that could be interesting. That could definitely happen. So, all right, Los Angeles Rams coming off a bye, heading to Detroit. Marvin Jones onto the IR, um, looking like a lost season for the Lions. I'm I like the Rams by a million this week. One thing I do want to keep an eye on, though, Sean, is Todd Gurley and the usage of him. He got banged up a little bit uh, in the game against the Chiefs. It was noticeable, and it came out after the game that he rolled his ankle um, early on in the first quarter. Obviously, he still played the game, and they had a bye last week, but with pretty much the NFC West locked up and looking like they're probably going to get the number two seed, maybe the number one seed if they're lucky, do you think that, you know, during the tail end of the season, possibly Sean McVay might have liked lessons the load a little bit on um, on Todd Gurley. I think it's it's probably critical that they do that. Um, this is actually a, a pretty 
comfortable game to to probably be able to do that as you said i think it's it is rams by a million i i think they limit him he may be big output in the first half maybe tapers in the second half you see a little bit more malcolm brown and um you know it'll be interesting to see who they're active at the running back spot is if if they uh, john kelly maybe gets a little bit of run um you know, if they activate him, you know, where they sit with that. I think it's a real tough spot. Marvin Jones on the IR, just overall for Detroit. Um, they're spiraling the, down the drain, and I know we, we had some discussion about Hall of Famer. Stafford's someone that Peter King wrote yesterday. The Jaguars should offer a first and a fourth. I, I think Detroit does that in a heartbeat. I don't know. That might be a little too rich for Stafford, to be honest. Um but I do think you have to give heavy consideration to whether or not you can win when he's holding up that much of your cap. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's a little like never... Oakland and, and Derek Carr. Both of those situations, I don't think are going to work. Yeah, who are they playing? Who, who are they playing at quarterback if they trade Matt Stafford? Well, I Perhaps think that I think over. what happens. Well, I know that you, you do that, but you maybe then take a Derek Carr at a reduced rate. Like what will happen is his musical chairs will start with all of this. And Winston could be someone that, that becomes kind of a moving piece or a moving part in this. Joe Flacco could be available. Like mm-hmm. there, there's some plays and moves there that it could get real quirky this off season with, you know, a handful of teams and a handful of quarterbacks, because there's not going to be one or in the draft. I, I, I think Haskins might be the guy in the draft. I don't think Herbert's coming out. Um, but we'll, you know, we'll say that for another day, but I think you could see some shuffling of quarterbacks similar to the more of the trades at the trade deadline, more kind of willingness to do that, particularly in light of Jacksonville and some of these teams that ran out plans that they did, um, and the ineffectiveness of those plans. I literally threw up in my mouth thinking about getting, you know, replacing Matt Stafford with Joe Flacco, like, Oh God, how, (laughs) but if you can get, if you get. Reduce no, I get rate. it. It frees up money. I mean, Never, you know what? Never mind. Just... They have Matt Castle. They have Matt Castle as a back. Never mind. Matt Castle's the guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, but where are you yeah. going in that division, too? Like, yeah, no you're the fourth team in that division. Oh, for for a few years too. Right. So Things why not be why not be blowing it up when they're on? Every, everybody else is still on their their. Well, I wouldn't say incline because Packers are screwing everything there, up but i think they can get it fixed there's no one i would want there's no one i would want this next draft other than haskins i, I wouldn't want a bear I, I just don't think it's a heavy draft I, well i agree with you i i actually think i wouldn't i wouldn't want jacksonville's first this year i'd ask for a, a first the following year hmm. that's interesting i mean that's something that we'll definitely talk about uh in this offseason once that carousel does start to happen you know the musical chairs will begin with quarterbacks there's a lot of questions um and and kind of like what we saw with Kirk Cousins this year once that first domino falls all the other dominoes will continue after that and that that'll be that'll be a fun scenario to to pontificate about um, throughout the the, po- the postseason when we are just uh, itching for football. But in this game, like I said, I mean, the Rams are probably going to be two touchdown favorites. Well, probably not two touchdowns, but they'll have a nice uh, n- nice cushion. Um, and I don't think that the starters will play deep into the fourth quarter because the, the Lions just, just aren't good anymore. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs at Oakland Raiders. <clears throat> Excuse me. Speaking of teams that will not play deep into the fourth quarter, 
Over under for quarters played by Patrick Mahomes, or at least started by Patrick Mahomes. Sean, it's at three and a half. What are you taking? Reed will run it up. He'll he'll take a snap in the fourth <laughs> quarter, even though yeah. he shouldn't. Um, Chiefs win this. Oh my God! If if they put the pedal on, <laughs> this could be forty at early part of the third. This could yeah. be humiliating. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it very well could be because the Raiders Farkey, got some quit in them. That that's that's when you know it's like right for true. it is. Yeah, and they had this when they had the Art Shell era and and some of these other kind of debacles. You know, Rich Cotype for the Jets. Like these are throwbacks where these teams will straight up quit. Um, mm-hmm. The Raiders are that way, and their body language has been utterly atrocious. This has all the makings for just hilarity. No, I agree with that. Now, Farkey, the question I have and a concern I have is having Patrick Mahomes in a lot of leagues. As the Chiefs, you know, this week dominate, as they probably dominate next week, and as they probably lock up the number one seed, do you think that there is a chance that Andy Reid could shut down his stars and, and guys that you're relying on like Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, might not be putting up the elite numbers that got you to the playoffs? No. I, I don't think he's going to pull back anything on them. Um, you know, especially when these guys are in a rhythm throughout the season. You try to – the NFL is goofy like that. You try to keep things as, as best you can week to week outside of maybe week 17. But uh, – I, I don't see any reason for them to get out of what they're they're normally doing during the season. This game spells incredibly bad news for Dylan Devotees in Brownstown, who I'm playing, <laughs> to to get that final playoff spot and knock them out. So, yeah, I, I see Patrick Mahomes going the distance here, similar to what Sean said. All right, I hope you guys are right, uh, as I have him, I think, in four leagues. Uh, that's been my, my draft gem so far this year. Um, the one guy I'd start – on the Raiders, and I think we talked about him last week, is Jalen Rashard, just from game flow. Should see plenty of touches out of the backfield uh, as a pass catcher. Other than that, not touching Doug Martin, Carr, Jordy Nelson, none of those guys. Cook. Maybe even Jer- maybe Jared Cook. Yeah, yeah, Jared Cook's a good start. So, great touchdown last week. Uh, one-handed touchdown that stayed in, ba- in bounds. Um, next game, Minnesota Vikings at New England, the 425 game. Farkey, this is our start everyone game. I mean, Heard them all. I don't know how... I. I know the Patriots will – they always find a way, especially at home, to to surprise me. But I honestly have no idea how they plan on stopping uh, which one do Stephon they take Diggs away? and Adam Thielen. Which, which I don't, one do I don't they know. take away? Because Belichick, that's the one thing he always does. Steelers, he, you know, it's like he'll target Antonio Brown. Um, mm-hmm. I think he did that the one playoff year. And then another time they, they tried to take Levy – or they did take Levy on Bell, and then Brown went crazy, but they won both games. Yeah, I have a feeling he's going to take away Diggs, and I think Thielen yeah, goes absolutely nuts. Like, well, I two hundred yards Diggs, bonkers. You know what it is? Usually, when whenever Belichick takes you away, he respects you more, and I think he respects Diggs' athleticism. And we've talked. about I this think on Diggs the podcast can just before. get more explosive plays. Now that said, I thought that he would take away Tyree Kill, and they physically could not take him away. That <laughs> right, was the problem. Right. So this might be a little bit of. They might put put Diggs and let him kind of run around and try and box Thalen in. I just Thalen can do kind of a, a little bit more kind of quirky stuff that it's tougher to take that away. That I it, it might be easier to do that with Diggs. 
See, I think you can take Diggs away. I, I think that, yes, he's athletic, he's good, but he doesn't have that blazing speed that Tyreek Hill does. He's shifty as all as, as an Antonio right. Brown. I agree with that. Right, right. So, um, I mean, but Farkey, you know, from we finally saw Rob Gronkowski get going again last week, had a touchdown. Uh, personally, I'm looking at starting Jared Goff or Tom Brady in a must-win league. Uh, I'm starting Jared Goff just because I'm having a really hard time trusting Brady week to week. You know, that's that I feel disgusting. I feel sick saying it, but that's just the reality right now with the Patriots passing group and, and what they're doing. I mean, especially with the running game starting to play well, too. Sony Michelle got bent over backwards last week, but had over 100 yards rushing and a touchdown. Rex Burkhead got activated from the IR. James White continues to be a force out of the backfield as well. So, um, I, don't, no, I, don't I, don't, even, I don't even know what you're thinking about. I mean, why would you start yeah. Brady against Zimmer when you can start the, a top three scoring fantasy football quarterback against the Detroit Lions? 100%. I think it's just the it, it's you know you're, what it is. It's your the whole love for matchup. Brady is just literally. You're, you're, this is you're a no brainer. That's your problem. oh, and and you and you're not cockstruck over Baker Mayfield. No, in, no, in, this, in this situation, he's not. I would never squad. <laughs> I'm just, ahead, I'm just no. I was just gonna say, Jared Jared Goff against Detroit over Baker Mayfield all day against anyone in the league. Yeah, I'm just my 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 one thing is I'm saying I look at sometimes the home and the the away matchups, and you know sometimes I jade I get jaded a little bit too. I'll admit it, but you know it is tough to sit, to sit Brady. But no, I mean I'm leaning towards Jared Goff. I just think right now it is very hard to trust Brady week to week as a high end QB one. If you have better options, it, 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 I hate to say it, but you got to bench him, um, and that's that. But, uh, you know, start everyone. I think it's going to be a, a high-scoring game. should be a fun game to watch as a Pats fan. It'll be frustrating at times, but I'll, I'll be watching every second of it. A game that I will not watch any of it is going to be the New York Jets at Tennessee Titans. Farky, start no one. Am I right? I if, if you have a bad matchup with your top defense, like uh, I do against the Chargers in one of my leagues, I would start the Jets' defense. Okay, game. yeah, well, I could see that. I, I, actually, I'd start the Titans' defense before the Jets' defense. I would. Titans at home? Oh, come on. I'm just going by the numbers. Right. I, literally, you guys are picking out who's when you're at a – Victoria's Secret show. Like I, the, the, the Jets, de, the Jets defense will score as a top ten defense this week. That that's my take on this pod. I'll I'll put five bucks on it. All right, all right. The league from the Ville. The Riven. Jets are a top ten defense. I know. <laughs> this is a great podcast. All right. Um, San Francisco 49ers travel to Seattle Seahawks. The Nick Mullins experiment is uh, it's still going on, but it's it's not uh, going well. Um, I don't think anybody's surprised by that. Uh, Farky, I'm starting your boy, Chris Carson, this week. I'm also starting Tyler Lockett, who's just been a great wide receiver too this season. Uh, also starting Doug Baldwin, uh, who is starting he, – he wasn't great last week, but uh, is finally healthy, I think. And Russell Wilson is a must-start as well. Uh, I mean, do you guys really have much to talk about on this one? Maybe Nick Vanette, if you're, no. you're desperate Damon to Damon Moore uh, – is, is it Damon? David. David, David Moore. Um uh, Great touchdown catch. Second best receiver on their team behind Tyler. Ooh, that's a take. That's a take. Doug Baldwin is the UN. Done. Done. Okay. I do have David Moore as a stash in one of my dynasty leagues. I do like his upside. Um, so definitely keep. You have him like out for fourteen dynasty leagues. Of course you got. You got every goddamn player stash. Good away. point. I, I got. I got three dynasty leagues. Yes. You're Can I just right. say it and get it out of my system? I could yep. not be more proud of Chris Carson. <laughs> 
He did that, that feel flip good? and landed on his feet. That was pretty cool. That was sick. <laughs> that was sick. All right. Um, Seattle final has an game. innate ability to play down to their competition, but also the cr- cause the good teams, the really good teams, to literally play a shitty, crummy football game just like they kind of like to play. Green Bay two weeks ago, Carolina this past week. They just have a way of clogging things up. What happens when they play San Francisco? This has all the makings for like a 9-3 to halftime. Like just an absolute shit show. A lot of travel that, you know, back and forth to Carolina. It it just, it has some stink to it potential. Um, Okay. So I'd beware if you've got offensive players in this one other than Kittle. Uh, and I don't want to digress, but just real quick because I, I think it's a good uh, question. Is so, are we saying the Packers are good? Because I don't think they're good. Are they good? Are we calling them a no. good team? No, God no. I think they're a very I, bad team. I, if the Packers could make the playoffs, they could be super dangerous. They're not going to. I do think the Packers. I don't know. I, I there's just something. It won't matter. McCarthy's gone, but I do think they're a good team. They're just utterly inept and run like a 80s high school coach <laughs> with the best player in the state <laughs> with no yeah for no reason i'll put it this way what would a high school coach do with aaron Rodgers? they'd run fast spread and they try and have the ball in his hands and have him throw it as many times as possible why does Rodgers go into any halftime with less than 100 yards passing Explain how that happens unless you return a kick, break two or three runs, or cause so many turnovers that you have short fields. Like, how does it happen that he has less than 100 yards or that he struggles to get, you know, to 225? It, it's just appalling to me. If I was a high school coach with Aaron Rodgers, I'd have a 12 pack of Natty sitting in an igloo cooler on the end of the bench <laughs> on the sideline. Well, yeah. Even a college coach, high school wouldn't be fair. But here's here's why here's where I'll say why I think the Packers are good. They went into L.A. four or five weeks ago, and they played and beat L.A. If it wasn't for dumbass Montgomery and and uh, McCarthy not going for it two different times, and and like not having Aaron Jones on the field for about twenty five percent more of the. Like, it is so easy that they win that game had they just done what any fan or anybody that was watching that game. That, that's what convinces me they could go to L.A. and beat them when everybody else is, like, anointing them. This is pre-Saints and everything else. That's what still tells me that Green Bay, it's there talent-wise. They have I, I just but it's that's, there. That's, that served its purpose. I needed to get a second dose of Mike McCarthy from Sean, so – <laughs> All right, final game, fellas. Washington Redskins at Philadelphia Eagles. You know, I asked you guys a question last week about Adrian Peterson uh, with all the injuries to Alex Smith and that offensive line. Can he be good? He was okay last week, scored me about seven fantasy points in one of my many many dynasty leagues. That's okay. Um, that that's that's he I mean that's not week. great. Stop. If he got me I mean stop, he's not good. He's not happy with he it. He didn't finish in the top thirty in running back stop. Come on. Okay. It was bad. He had a bad game. All there right. There you go. You guys said he'd be good. Um, are you going to double down on that, or is that just that that ship has sailed? Sean? 
Colt McCoy was so bad. Oh my god! Colt. I didn't say he'd be good. By the way, no, no? I, right. I thought he my would bad. be. I thought he'd be serviceable, but holy hell, was he bad? Um, I don't know what to make of this matchup. Both these teams still look awful. Eagles showed some life, particularly in the second half. They should win this game, but they seem to find ways to also trudge through things, and it could be, you know. 10-7 at half, and we're kicking ourselves because we took the Eagles and the points, and Washington's winning, and Peterson breaks a long one, and it's 17-7. So um, I don't love any of the offensive players other than Ertz, Wentz, and Josh, Josh Adams. Adams. Josh Adams. I don't <laughs> love them against Washington's front, but he's getting touches, and I think Philly knows they have to try and run the ball at least a little bit. Josh Adams is your guy, Farkey. Um, he has been playing very well. Uh, take a victory lap. Well, it's actually a coach with some honesty that said he was going to increase his touches every week, and it actually happened, <laughs> unlike a couple other coaches we talk about on this pod. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's playing well. Uh, <clears throat> we talked about Josh Adams a few weeks ago, said to pick him up. Hopefully you guys did because he's turning into a low-end RB2 with touchdown upside. Uh, you know, the, the Eagles still continue to struggle, which just – I don't understand. They have, other than the coordinators, they still have pretty much the same offense, even better offense, I think, with Carson Wentz and bringing Golden Tate. Uh, Tate has really struggled. He he was tied with Zach Ertz last week for targets, but he still can't get going yet. Hopefully one more week in that offense will allow him to go back to his top 20 receiver numbers. Um, but he is a guy that it's hard to trust him, but you also – are probably in a position where you can't bench him. Uh, that's how I'm in. I am in the league from the Ville. Uh, I really don't have any better options drafting him as my wide receiver too. So I still think you got to roll him out there as a, a guy with potential to get back up to that wide receiver two upside potential. Um, so yeah, I mean you start your starters. You start Alshon Jeffrey. Obviously, you know Carson Wentz has been a dumpster fire for not a dumpster fire, but not good for a better part of the season. Uh, I still think Sean, he's he's a must start this week. Am I right? Absolutely. Yeah, so. I think you kind of like it too. He's the last matchup of the week. You know, if you're down, you you got some hope. Um, I'm starting him over Matt Ryan in a league that I've got to win to get in. Um, yeah, I think I think he's he's the play. All right. So, gentlemen, before we. Uh, finish up this episode we have a few starter sit questions uh that we got off twitter you can find us on twitter at glory podcast send us any sort of questions you might have and we'll be happy to answer them on the podcast uh the first one sean ppr league you start two joe mixon aaron jones mark ingram or dalvin cook which way are you going cook and jones mm-hmm. farky jones ingram Okay, I'm gonna go with you, Far uh, Sean. I like cooking Dalvin. Uh, I'm cooking Dalvin. Oh, wow. I like Jones what and Dalvin. <laughs> yeah, can I start Dalvin twice? No, I, I just think that Dalvin Cook has shown explosiveness. I think he's back. Um, and you know, Aaron Jones. I'm in. I'm in lockstep with you. I think he's gonna have a great end of the season and really boost his value uh, going into next year. So I'm gonna go. I with think those all two. four are good plays, though. Yeah, no, for sure. No, for sure. I mean, they, all four of them have, have upside, um, touchdown upside for sure. I mean, if, I think if your season's going like mine, if you start Mick, if you start Jones <laughs> and Cook, Mixon and Ingram are going to go crazy. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, next question, PPR League, Tariq Cohen or Lamar Miller? Farky, which one do you like? 
Just because of the way the team showed improvement offensively, I like Lamar Miller. I'm going the other way. I, I think uh, the Bears have to find ways to get Cohen the ball to, to win in New York this week. I think it could be a sneakier tougher game than they anticipate and i think the browns may bottle up miller a little bit joe Schobert and company so uh i think watson might be the bigger player for them uh so i'd go cohen in this one but i would agree it's close nothing against you farky i'm gonna go with sean on this one as well i just like treat cohen explosive player um like i mentioned i think that jordan howard also has a good game but i think that the the bears offense is good enough to support both jordan howard and treat cohen as solid players this weekend you know, I, I've liked what Lamar Miller's been doing, so I agree with both of you that Miller's a great play if he got him. Um, so definitely roll with him, too, if you have that option. But if I have to choose I'm anti-Jordan Howard, by the way. I would not uh, enjoy Jordan Howard this week or ever. <laughs> There's a joke in there somewhere. Mm. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas, before we wrap it up, you guys got anything left to say to the crew? Our loyal followers. I want to talk a little bit more about Baker. No, never mind. I'm good. <laughs> Farky. Uh, no, I think I think the Browns uh, start their playoff walk this week. Okay, okay. The cock of the walk. All right, well, we are the Never Ending Glory Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Glory Podcast. On Facebook, search for the Never Ending Glory Podcast. Sound, same goes with SoundCloud, iTunes. Please rate, subscribe, tell all your friends. We got playoffs coming up, so feel free to reach out to us on all social media platforms. We're happy to answer any questions we may have. I have five or six people consistently asking me questions in the DMs on Twitter on who to start on Sunday mornings. Happy to talk about them when I'm hungover, trying to uh, to, to get over DMs, uh, huh? Botry. Are, are they asking oh, they, what, what to wear and stuff like that, or what you're wearing? Just starter. That's, that's cute. That's that. cute. They slide. The DMs I bet you there's some say. sit questions. It's just what you got to sit on. That's on that's on my other podcast that I that I host. We talk about those there. So all right, gentlemen. Good luck this week in fantasy football. Everybody out there, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week as we get you ready for week fourteen of the fantasy football and NFL season. Here we go, Brownies. Jamie, what he sucks.